go. Sniper arrow on the guard. It strikes true. The guard drops. I move to the doorway. Detect traps. None detected. I enter. Left flank. Right. One hobgoblin facing east. Backstab. Double damage. Critical hit. He's dead. Footsteps behind the door to the north. I notch two arrows. I climb the walls to get above the door. Five goblins enter from the north. I fire. Both arrows hit. Cleave. You kill one and wound another. I drop on the last one and grapple. You got hold of him. This one is for Crouton. With his dying breath, he utters, The Dark Lord. We'll kill you all. Wait, these things can talk? I want two taken alive. I want to try something. Welcome to the 10th episode of Let's Roll, the Fire and Water Network's role-playing podcast, the show where we discuss various role-playing games with guests and fellow tabletop gamers. I'm Cisco, and today we're talking about Hong Kong Action Theater. We are? A martial arts action RPG that reproduces the feel of Hong Kong cinema, whether Shaw Brothers or Golden Harvest or more modern fare, it's all on the table. And across the table from me to discuss his experiences with the game is my old friend, Jonathan Furness. Firm, welcome to the show. I am? Oh no, <laughs> I came horribly underprepared. Hello, <laughs> hello listeners. So you actually helped me originate this show. I'm going to take 100% your cue on that because I don't remember, but... Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> well, on this very feed, you can find an episode of Hero Points where we talk about DC Adventures, Mutants and Masterminds as yes. well. It's all the same game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's exactly the mix of mechanics and personal experiences you can expect from this episode. I mean, we're going back 10 years, so if your memory is... Ooh, I can't remember iffy. what I did five minutes ago, and I've been here for like a half hour, so... <laughs> Yeah, 10 years ago. That's that's a wild ride. Yeah. yeah. We played this from July to October 2012. Yes. Between Savage Worlds Every Night. Yes. Which was the first uh, episode uh, of Let's Roll. Yes. I was actually trying to think what was the order that we did this in. And I was like, Eventide? No, I think that's a Magic the Gathering thing. Evernight. Evernight. Yes. And I, we did talk about this in the first episode of Let's Roll with mm-hmm. Shalif and Marty. And then after this, we played the Justice Legion story. So it's in between those two games. Yeah. So we're playing pretty, you know, regularly yeah. in different concepts. Mm-hmm. And this one was sort of really born of Kung Fu Fridays. Yes. So this is was like a, a tradition here at my apartment where for five years, or about five years, every Friday night, there was a uh, movie, yeah. a night, Asian cinema, mm-hmm. usually Chinese, usually Kung Fu. Well, we deviated. We, yeah. we, we had some fun with the formula. We, we had some Kung Fu Saturdays where we did a full marathon of movies a few times. No, we, we did a lot of uh, Hong Kong theater. We did Shaw Brothers. We did a lot of stuff. And I discovered... A lot of stuff through you through this program and rediscovered stuff that I'd already seen and just, you know, appreciated it more and more. Yeah. And same, I was discovering as well. It's not like one of those curated, <laughs> like, I'm an expert, so I'm, oh, you, you got to see this. You weren't gatekeeping the Shaw Brothers had, for us? I had no idea. I was <laughs> buying Shaw Brothers. <laughs> I remember. You know, I even remember there was one. It was one of the few Kung Fu Fridays that we had. It was like you, me, and... One or two, that was it. And it was this weird Ultraman mm-hmm. that had no subtitles. I think the DVD wasn't working. We had to download it. And it was just, there's no subtitles. There's no language track. It was like in the original Cantonese. And we just had to figure out what they were saying. And we kind of like live. Super Inframan. Yes. I'm going to say that. Yeah. yeah. And, and we were just doing the voices. We're just yeah. doing the, the dub ourselves. And trying to figure out. 
what his power was. And I think we decided his power is probably like sun related. And it was something actually with the eclipse because like the solar eclipse was just the infrared rays and that powered him even more or something. And we kind of like guessed it. <laughs> and then afterwards we went to look at it. It was like, holy, we were right. Yeah. Cause yeah. we watched it later on our own and uh, we were right about uh, most of the plot points. Yeah. I mean, it's either we have watched a lot of Kung Fu. I, I think that's true. Super Sentai stuff as yeah. well. Yeah. Or I don't know, maybe we're gifted. Maybe we're mutants. <laughs> Well, it's it's kind of weird because um, that you bring this up uh-huh. because we only played like six scenarios of Hong Kong Action Theater. Yes, and you only played four of those. Yeah, you weren't there for the first two for some reason. And um, I think I wasn't invited because you know <laughs> I'm just staring at you to make you feel uncomfortable. I don't no, know. Kidding, I don't know that that's true. Probably because I was working. Probably more than likely that's, something like that's that. Story of my life. Yeah, only six, but I had others planned, mm-hmm. and we just moved on to another game. I guess in those two, there was a Super Sen Super Sentai Super Sentai game. Go Go Power Rangers. There was something like that because mm-hmm. the poster, and I'm going to leave the obviously the the image gallery, mm-hmm. the show notes of this thing. You, you'll be able to look at some of the pages of the game, Fern's character sheet, maybe a couple of other character sheets. So you get a feel for the game. And then uh, also some links, some important links, because there is a website mm-hmm. for our fake production company because you're making movies. Basically, yes. this game... I revisited that today, and it <laughs> is filled... Like, I got some notes about it. It is a gem. I mean, the website has the posters. Like, this, yes. when we talk about scenarios, the adventures, yeah. they're actually meant to be movies. We have, on the website, we have, like, these fake posters, yeah. and we fake actor profiles, and we'll, we'll get into this. But, you know, it, it's got... All the all the trimmings of a movie. Yeah. And so there are like coming soon. Mm-hmm. And there's one poster that is obviously a superhero version of it. You know, a mm-hmm. Super Sentai thing. Yeah. And we never got to it. So that was like supposed to be the next movie and it wasn't. Oh, Ten years later, let's get the band back together. <laughs> it's possible. Because I've done it with others. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that just means I have to sit down and reread Hong Kong Action Theater rule book and ruin my brain with that but i'll do it i'll do it for the bit (laughs) let's get into what this game is okay okay so the premise hong kong action theater was originally published by a small press company called event horizon productions yes in 1996 but i've never even seen this thing when we played we played second edition uh it was published in 2000 after Guardians of Order acquired Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. While the original has been praised for its quick combat system, second edition used a version of Guardians' own Tristat system, which was made popular by their anime-inspired game, Big Eyes, Small Mouth. Yes. B-E-S-M. <laughs> uh, in 2002, they published a Wuxia supplement called Blue Dragon White Tiger, which we also had. Guardians of Order went bankrupt in 2006, and HCAT, as we call it, mm-hmm. uh, is now the property of White Wolf. Oh. But White Wolf has yet to do anything with it, as far as I know. Okay. Uh, so, what is Hong Kong Action Theater? Uh, in this game, you play an actor mm-hmm. taking part in various Hong Kong action films. So, like Dream Park, which was also uh, we also talked about on this show at some point. Yeah. There are two layers to your character. Yes. The actor and the role. And that was what initially drawed me to this system. The fact that myself, as a player, I'm playing a character who at any given moment is going to be playing on top of the skills, the build of that character, a role in an action movie or period piece, whatever, regardless, in a role itself could be TV or movie or whatever. So on top of the skills that I have 
as a character, there's the role as well on top. And it led itself to be very episodic, which is something in my tabletop RPG journey I hadn't really done at that point. So it really started with you. Oh, just like one-shots. It's it's a yeah. one-shot in a, a campaign, so there's a continuation, but everything is more or less self-contained. Like, you had eight stories. We could have rolled the dice. Which one are we doing today? And it would not have mattered in the grand arc because it was all one-shot. We're doing this movie. We're doing this. And much like the Shaw Brothers, hey, what are you doing? Well, I'm on 15-minute break. Cool. <laughs> I need you at set five. <laughs> Wear this costume. Do not use those shoes. Why? Because you're already in a scene somewhere else. And just, you know, yeah. that kind of, we need bodies. I think that's why this work, the concept works so well for this. Yes. Because the way they worked in Hong Kong mm-hmm. was kind of like this. You, you got your Jet Li. He's got a suite of skills yes. himself. That mm-hmm. if you have Jet Li in your movie, you're going to want those skills to be showcased. Yeah. So the character has all of Jet Li's skills, or yeah. Bruce Lee's skills, or Jackie Chan's skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, like, Jackie Chan doesn't have any in police story. He has the ability to go through glass like no one's business. <laughs> well, that's that's Jackie Chan. So Jackie right. Chan has all the stunt man yeah. and like, slapstick think, martial arts. I don't think you want to put Sammo Hung through plate glass like you did no. Jackie Chan. No, he's got a different set of skills. Yeah. But Jackie Chan himself doesn't have, like, policeman skills. No. But his character does. So it's like you've got your Jackie Chan, and then on top of that, he's also going to be a cop. Yeah. You know, so that that's the layers of ability, at least, that we're talking yeah. about. And so this is, obviously, these movies are going to be martial arts, gun-fu, stunt work, you know, those kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. High octane, lots of action. And so that it works within this this recipe. And I, we did try to do all the types. The only one I think we didn't do that much was uh, traditional wuxia. That was the first one where you weren't there. Okay. So I, we did a Shaolin Temple thing. Okay. And so uh, the ones that I remember, uh, the very first one, there was a train robbery heist. It was myself, Sylvain. I kind of played with the, the big cowboy hat Texan thing, even though he was not Texan. I, I stole the title from a Japanese film, Bullet Ballet was the Kid- name of it. And so yeah. the ballerina on stage and there's a big... Yes. Yeah. It was like Hitmen. Yes. But there was a specific train sequence involved. There was the total party kill Terminator one that we somehow survived. Yes. Much to much to your amazement and or chagrin. Well, in the the first time I'd use, <laughs> I mean, the ones you missed, you missed like a sort of wuxia okay. historical piece. Okay. And then there was a Hitman versus Zombies. There was like a zombie movie. Okay. And that one was a total party kill. Okay. And then we did, you know, like a more of a science fiction kind of uh, yeah. thriller with okay. Clone Master, it was called. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There was, we're going to talk a, quite a bit about Pucks of Fury, I think, because yes. that was a favorite. Or the right. sports movie, the Shaolin Soccer. Yeah, you because know. we had watched Kung Fu Dunk. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we really liked the gong for gong for the, the, the theme song. It was really cool. And the other one was really for you, I think. I mean, it feels like something like, okay, we got to throw... Actually, the Pucks of Fury was also for you because okay. you, your character was a hockey player. Yes, I actually went and reread his backstory, and I didn't know I peaked that early in my comedy career because <laughs> it was it was mostly aping a lot of wrestler forums and wrestling Twitter. Which, if you have any mutuals on Twitter that are into uh, wrestling, wrestling Twitter is insane. 
and they will flip their shit for anything. That's why I had part of his character bio written out by Triple X Tap Out Master X Six 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 Triple X, just ranting and raving about the movie career he gave up by doing some absolute wrestler rock star shit in a casino. And I was like, yeah, this, uh, hopefully this angers someone somewhere in this world. <laughs> It'll be worth it. Because he was a wrestler. Obviously, he was a professional wrestler. Yes. But he also had like a hockey. He also played hockey in China somewhere. Yeah, he, he played uh, hockey for the Kunlun Coolies. And I drew a picture of the mascot, which was just like an ice cube with a coolie hat. And I understand now that, ooh, that might not be racially appropriate. But you know what? We we grow. We learn. And if that ever offended someone, hey, I'm sorry. I, I'm the, stupid. The other one that I, I would consider a Fern-centric episode okay. uh, was uh, the, the movie was called Kumite Dark Arena. And the whole – first of all, you're a big Bloodsport fan. Yes. And your character is actually based on one of the characters from yeah, Bloodsport. Bolo, Bolo Young, yeah. It made sense also that this is one of the genres. Yes. The the tournament. Yeah, the tournament, the secret tournament, the the whole underground warrior fighting nonsense. Yeah, there's there's plenty of those. Right. You're already talking about how you made your character. Let's dive into that a little bit. Tell people about the character generation process. Oof. Um, Here's what I, you know, okay. I reread it. I, I tried to read it, and my brain was just slowly shutting down. I was like, I it's don't. always easier to when you're actually doing it. Yes. Then you're you're going step by step. Yeah. But to just read it like cold without making a character on the side. Yeah. And sometimes it's like uh, you're just preparing for a podcast. It's, yeah. Uh, but basically, we talked about important. This is not going to make me any money. Why, no. why? Use my brain. Why? Actor versus role is yeah. basically the the thing. First, you design your actor. Mm-hmm. The actor is going to have skills. Yeah. Usually, they'll be featured in the movies. Yeah. So Bruce Lee in movies always doing that distracting cooing. Yeah. You know. So that's Bruce Lee. That's that would be on his actor yeah. sheet. The distraction power yeah. always finds a way to use nunchucks, you know, no matter what. So th- those are like the skills the actor has and then gets the showcase in the adventure. Yeah. Uh, same thing, Jackie Chan, always in stunts, always kind of a slapstick fight. Yeah. Ability to turn anything into a weapon. Exactly. A shovel, a bucket, or a ladder. A shopping cart, you know. Yep. So, so are they more actor or more action star? So you can, you can yeah. really develop their acting ability. Yeah. And so they'd get more sensitive roles, more interesting roles. We'll talk about that. Yeah. So all of that figures into it. And if we use your own character as an example. Mm-hmm. So your character is called... Uh, Louis Zong? Zhuang? I don't know how to pronounce it. I think I think we said Zhuang. Sure. But I'm not sure. So yeah, he, he yeah. was based on Bolo Young, had the appearance yes. of Bolo Young. Basically all the, all the characters were based on actual yes. stars kind of as a look. And looking back at our fake production company page, I actually went and looked at everybody else's character, and it was really cool because none of us had really any skill that was overlapping each other. We all had very different characters. There, Maybe um, Put's character Tommy Chu and I believe Sylvain's Rock Lee could have been similar because they were... Like the fresh-faced... Fresh-faced, young, very similar actors and in martial arts, but they were played in two very different ways. Right. One was the cocky, I, I wish I were in Hollywood instead of Hong Kong, but I'm going to play as if I was the biggest fish in this pond and I'm meant for better 
larger pastures or ponds, I guess. Tommy Chu. Yeah, Tommy Chu, who, funnily enough, still has a Twitter account. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Four followers. It's like, hey. <laughs> I'm, I mean, one. I'm one of them. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> now, dog, I, I will not sully my timeline with that, even though he has not tweeted since 2012. Yeah. But still, the fact that Put actually went that step above and beyond to do was really amazing. Whereas Sylvain, his character, I feel was almost more like Tony Ja in his Buddhist phase, where he mm-hmm. stopped shooting of Ong Bak Two to just you know fuck off and go with the Buddhist monk retreat for six months. Mm-hmm. Well, Took an he, elephant. He was. I'll, I'll bring like, it back in you know six months. Bye. Visually, yeah. Tommy, Tommy Chu was Louis Koo. Was yes. more actor than action star. Like they often fake the action stuff in okay. his movies. I think he's still working. He's like well, Louis Koo yeah. is like a big deal. Well, yeah, if you're not ruining your body with martial arts, you can actually still keep acting. Right, and then also you're not stuck in. You have to do action movies. Jet Li was the Rock Lee character, but yes. young Jet Li. Yeah, Jet Li off the circus. You know, yeah, yeah, just yeah. come out of Wushu, the opera, yeah. and he was not well known. Yeah. And it's, it's, so we were supposed to be like tracking his ascendancy into stardom. Mm-hmm. He's, so it's, it's Jet Li, when Jet Li was doing those Shaolin movies. Yeah. Where he has like, was bald. He played monks. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, we had Eric Tsang, who is, uh, more of an actor's actor. Yeah. From Infernal Affairs. Yes. He was supposed to be he like the, very comedic relief when. So did. were you, to be well, fair. Yes. But I mean, Eric Tsang as an actual. It was Eric saying doing martial arts, even though he doesn't seem to have the body type for yeah. it. That's that was the kind of like the, that famous gif where he's just like holding up a newspaper in front of somebody and then just punches and then goes ha. It's like <laughs> yeah. And someone had uh, and Goopy had his character was based on Mako. Yes, the Japanese actor. Yes, and so he, he was supposed to be the Japanese expat. Working in Hong Kong, but actually Japanese. So everybody had like that different backstory, which allowed for different abilities. Yeah. Uh, the, the Gen Y heartthrob, Louis Koo, you know, yeah. the, the, the up and comer, the kind of retired actor who's still kind of doing stuff. You, yeah. A bit of everything. Your Bolo Young, Louis Wang character, he was the, he was he, huge. Yep. Tough and always brought that sort of, uh, uh, wrestler performance. Yes. To the roles. He was somewhat, humorous yes you're uh you're basically you're choosing what your persona is going to be like when you create a character and you're encouraged to fill out all that background that we just discussed because it awards you background points at the end which you can add to your stats so it's worth it and as far as stats go there are only three Mm -hmm. body mind and soul yeah they're rated on one to ten for being a human average so you buy your initial levels with character points so this is a basic point by character generation system then there are attributes which are advantages. It's kind of a weird name because usually attributes are the basic stats. Yeah. But attributes here means advantages. So whatever your actor might have, from good mm-hmm. looking to being your director's friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scene stealer. There's stuff like, you know, there's stuff that's very action-based, like what's your specialty? Gun-fu, sword-fu, wire-fu. And there's a lot of fun stuff buried in those. So if you look at... Gunfu, there's like all these gunfu abilities that you're used to right. seeing in a John Woo movie. Yeah. Which ones do you have? You know, yeah. that, that kind of stuff. And that means you can bring them to your character. There's a bunch of shticks. Right. At the same time, if you've got all the gunfu stuff and you're in a wuxia, there are no guns. Right. So. How does that translate? How does that translate? And for the game master, there, there is a possibility of translating. You yeah. create, you know, if you're going to use 
I mean, any it, ranged it, weapon it, it can be gun food. It becomes It becomes, I don't know, yeah. knife foo? Yeah, Just, something. Yeah. Louis has theatrical star among his advantages. Okay. Hold on, I'm going to look at... This is acting ability, which makes getting the role you want easier. Ooh. And then we'll get to those roles. And then you got four signature moves. Yeah. Bad dubbing. <laughs> yes. Which allows you to, like... Reroll something because it's like oh we misunderstood yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the bad dubbing yeah that that makes sense typecast which uh, allows you to get certain roles uh, that are always kind of the same heroic comeback yep. you can guess what that is and affectation so in your yeah. case it was don't I think it's all the wrestling thing probably yeah yeah so all of these things give you bonuses of some sort mm-hmm. and then you're also damn healthy yeah. I had plus 30 hit points. And then you also got defects, because they're the opposite of attributes. Right. Uh, your character might be inept in combat, or pigeonholed in a role, which would be the reverse of typecast, and, yeah. you know, making it a negative, or a prima donna, or owned by the triads. <laughs> this one. Which, which surprisingly, I didn't pick, considering the backstory yeah. I wrote for him. Yeah, I was surprised. You know, yeah, he, he screwed up and, you know... Caused damage in Macau and was not immediately fed to Komodo dragons by the Triad. Maybe they just went, I don't want to ruin his wrestling career. <laughs> sure, buddy. You gave him a phobia. Yes. I did. What was it? Spiders? Spiders Probably. and insects. Yeah. Uh, bugs. Yeah. Bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is an open invitation to include bugs in the adventures. And then finally, you would pick skills that your actor is proficient in. Yeah. With a specialty. So in Louis' case, he's got sports. Yeah. But the specialty is hockey. Yes. Kung Fu attack and Kung Fu defense are all wrestling. Performing is get, is also... Yes, because we had... I remember this. We had a discussion because you were like, wrestling isn't a sport. I was like, I was... Mm. Ah, it's sports entertainment because that's the official. Right. And I was like, well, if it's performative, and we all know face, heel, it's all, it's all performance. Because you can't pile drive someone off the top rope on Tuesday to then wrestle them again on Wednesday because they would either not survive or they would be eating through a straw for the next four months. So it has to be performative. But athletic. Uh, Yes, very athletic. Oh, absolutely. And in the context of a movie, it's all performance and the wrestling moves or any martial arts moves work in the movie even though you're not actually hurting the person. Exactly. So that's why we put all of that. And then also Sleight of Hand, which was Card Shark. Yeah. So that fit your casino thing. Yes, that and the Bullet Train one, because I believe there was a poker scene. Oh. And you want that. You know, it's like if a character has a certain ability, yeah. you want to showcase that. And because it's a movie, it gives you the permission to do that much yes. more than just like it's not random. Yeah. Let's build scenes around these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also Intimidation Street. So those are the kinds of skills that a person might have mm-hmm. and the character might have. Uh, all of this will give you combat value, which is your stats a- three strats average, really. It's your fighting. Yeah. Uh, your defense is minus two from that. Your hit points are body and soul times five, plus or minus modifiers. Yeah. Um, so you have also energy points. Which is a kind of hero point system that okay. you can use to give yourself bonuses. Yeah. And then there's a um, star power. Mm. Right? So star power is like this... Uh, like energy points, I guess, is like cheat. You know, it's like it boosts my ability. Yeah. It's like that, your, that makes sense. Yeah. It's your yeah. cheat. Your star power is actually something your actor has. Like, yes. how much cred does this actor have? Yeah. And can they basically throw tantrums on set? And have, get- they, have they been canceled yet? <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Or reverse. So uh, you know star that. Star power, more like accountability power. <laughs> you know that, like Jackie Chan, 
in movies. Oh, don't tell me he's been canceled. No. He's a sweet, sweet no, grandpa no. now. Like, no, 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 no. Okay. No, but in movies, he's done movies where, you know, like, like those big stars yeah. can just fire a director. Yes. If they want the action to be a certain way. So right. I know there are like, there are some Jack Chan movies at some point where he and the director were fighting again about, I, I think it's on the second Legend of, of, uh, Legend of Drunken Master with, uh, Legend of Drunken Master. Lau Carlong? The, the original director. How many times can we say Lau Carlong? Lau Carlong? Lau Carlong. So the original director, uh, Lau Carlong. Was he the original director? I think it was the original director. And he's playing in the movie too? He's always playing in the movie. Okay. Because he's, he's a very, minus one point. He's a very good martial arts fighter. Yeah, because he plays like the mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the movie kind of changes tone midway. And it becomes much more sadistic, like the fight in the fire brands and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So right about the time the the crazy eighty eight axe gang show up and just destroy the and the it's a little house. bit too violent. So that's not Larkar Lung. Like Larkar Lung likes Larkar Lung it. takes like three axes to the back. He likes it's, it lighter than that. Okay. So a lot of his movies, his pure movies, yeah, are I won't say bloodless, but nobody dies. Okay. Like the reverse Chang Che, who. Everybody, everybody's like tortured and <laughs> cut up into little pieces. So it, it's, it's kind of like that. So when, but Jackie Chan wanted to go harder edged. Okay. And he was pushing for more violence, death on screen, that wow. kind of stuff. And, and wow, they, from yeah, Jackie Chan too. From Jackie okay. Chan, who right. was maybe trying to, like, this is early career, Jackie Chan, mid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he was just big enough that he could make those requests. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he f- he's co-director on that. So okay. he finished it, basically. Okay. So that's the idea of star power. Like, mm-hmm. there's an actor who's really big here. Yeah. And the bigger the actor, the more star power you have, the more the roles you want yeah. are the leads. That's your, what you're going to get. Yeah. So star power is like these other hero points where you can change things in scenes. Mm-hmm. You can make small changes, like, you know, you need a certain prop. Yeah. Or big ones that affect the plot. Yeah. And you can do that using... Star power. Yeah. I, I need a chair here. We're in the middle of the desert. Here's five star power. There's a chair. Or I need okay. the villain to have a heart attack and die. Well, that's going to be 15, buddy. <laughs> that's going to be a costly. But some of the examples they give in the book is stuff like, oh, what about the henchman is actually... Undercover cop. Undercover cop. You know, some, yeah, yeah. something that would be helpful to you. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So, um. Infernal affairs stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every henchman is an undercover Everybody's cop. working for somebody else. <laughs> Daisy chain of <laughs> yeah. Mexican standoff. So, your actors follow you from film to film. Yeah. That's the character you're playing mm. week to week. Yeah. But each film has a different role for that character. So, there's an overlay, like we've been talking about. Mm. And so that you fit the film's context, obviously. And that comes with its own attributes and defects. That character has those powers. And usually there's powers that an actor can't have. Right. But a character can have, whether it's the magic stuff or... Right. Through visual effects or just the writer's rooms. Like, hey, you know what? You you don't need to be an archaeologist because I'm going to write all the stuff on this paper. Exactly. (laughs) How good are you at punching Nazis, Harrison Ford? Real good. Perfect. You archaeology? are an archaeologist. Now. Yeah, you're an archaeologist. That's written in. Could, could you could you rever- rehearse your lines? It belongs in a museum. Thank you. Perfect. Sushi, goldfish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so how do you get a role? And this is a bidding war. Yes, it's wor- I it works this. like an auction. I remember this, and it was so fun because we had always had one character who's just like, I need to be, I need to be the top star. Ugh. 
still spend all your points. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, so you're bidding, and it's like a secret auction where you're sending your points to the game master. Yeah, and the game master looks at it unless there's a uh, a tie. Yeah, and uh, and then whatever points you're ready to sacrifice because you're not going to have those in the game. You've yeah. paid for your role, and then so you'll have less star power in the film. You've called your favor already. Yeah, and so the idea is that. People bid, and, and those roles are in front of you. You like you get the sheets. Go. You want to play the lead. Yeah. Uh, and this is the character. Do and we have those sheets in here, probably. Let's, oh yes, I have all one. the golden skate ping. I believe this was mine. No, that's the captain. So I don't know who played what. That's the one thing that's not written on there. So you're rifling through Pucks of Fury. Yeah. I know that this one was mine because I drew all over it because that's what I do. Have a look at that. That. So look, this look one, my you, you yep. played Attack Stick Kim. Yep. Who was uh, a wingman? Yeah, and uh, that one like there's a minimum bid, five yeah. star power. Yeah, so I'm looking at the star here is Golden Skate Ping. So his minimum bid was seven star power. Right, and then there's Iron Mask Lao, the goalie, that's six. Slowpoke Pyong, which is five. This was an interesting role. Iron Twins Cho and Chow. So someone was playing two. Someone was playing doubles. The Eric and... Sang character. So Dave. Yeah, uh, was playing two twins. Yes, because in the movie, the same actor would play both, right? Yeah. So it's it's like gimmicks like that. I mean, that make I mean it why pay two people when you can pay one? Right. So if I look at the attack, uh, attacks to Kim here, yeah. who is the character you wound up? Yeah. Winning the bid on, maybe you were the only one. I don't know. Probably. Uh, so there's a little backstory. It's like five lines. It's not much. Yeah. You know, it's like you can make whatever you want of this character. Yeah. And then he's also got damn healthy and an energy bonus and a. You know, swift reaction, wirefu yeah. attacks, which are unlockable. So I invented that for the game. The idea was, you know, sometimes there's a training montage. Yes. In the movie. Especially in a sports movie, yeah. Especially absolutely. in a sports movie, but any martial arts movie, there's like this. Yeah. They learn an ability. Yeah. So it matters that you don't have that ability at first, mm -hmm. but that a training montage will unlock it later. Mm -hmm. So in this case, Pucks of Fury... It's Mighty Ducks. You know, it's, yeah. it's all these movies. I mean, honestly, start how off... many times during that session do we scream, Montage! Which is probably more than twice. <laughs> and, you know, like for a slap shot or whatever. Yeah. So it's the Hard Luck Heroes, Dark Horse team. Yeah. And they're going to be creamed at first, and then they're going to rise up. They're going to learn their lesson. Yeah. They're going to focus their chi in this yeah, case. Yeah, if I remember that session correctly, we created a force creature... To battle an evil negative chi force creature mid ice, <laughs> I broke the ice with my stick and pulled the uh, was that four hour red flag Chinese red cliff red cliff. Thank you. Where there's just like a scene of like a guy on a broken cliff with a halberd and a banner just unrolling. Oh, I did that with my hockey jersey and a hockey stick after breaking the ice and saying you shall not pass, but probably in Cantonese. Like we had this like this huge setup. Uh, I remember I took some guy doing like a spinning kick to the chest with his skates, and it just tore through everything. But because I had heroic comeback or something, mm -hmm. it was like popped right back up. Did not get drilled in the chest with you know feet blades. It was absolute bonkers, and I loved every moment of it. Now, that one we really went out. Yeah, I mean, I always named a fake director. Yes. So you could tell I was giving myself an overlay. I was saying, right. okay, this is going to be John Woo style. This is going to yeah. be Lock Lung or yeah. Cheng Cha. Lock Lung? Lock Lung. Lock Okay. But uh, this one was Stephen Chow. 
Yes. So yes. it was going to be Shaolin Soccer. Yes. It was going to be And that mad. helped inform your players as well. Hey, this is the tone that I'm looking for. I'm amazed that 10 years ago we were doing this because this has informed me as a player and as a DM for every tabletop session since. I will have a discussion with my DM. Hey, what's the tone what's you're the looking tone? for? Yeah. What's the tone, yeah. What's the tone? Because it's so easy for people like us. Yeah. By which I mean idiots. <laughs> it's it's half of my username on Twitter, so yeah. <laughs> that we're going to bring humor to it. Yes. And is this is this okay? Yeah. How big can I make that humor? Yeah. Uh, am I comic relief and everybody else is straight? And are yeah. they going to enjoy that? Are they okay with that? Right. Or are we like bringing it down a notch? Or right. are we all insane? And you know? that's something I'm doing currently right now in a campaign I'm playing in. I reached out to the DM. I reached out to the other players. Like... What do you guys want from this adventure? And I think this is a conversation everybody should have. And especially since we're doing it live or streaming it. So it's a lot more performative from our side. Right. It's something that people in the know. When you say session zero, what do we mean by that? Well, session zero is everybody around the table, virtual or not, we're getting to know each other. We're getting to know each other as characters. That is the moment where we set our expectations. Hi, I'm this person. I'm the player. I might know you guys for 10, 20, 30 odd years, etc. But my character and myself were both separate. So if my character says something to your character that you don't agree with, don't take it out on me. It's the characters. It's the yeah. characters. And I absolutely adore you and love you as a person. But if my character has an issue with yours, let's deal with it in that interaction. But let's also talk about what we are trying to accomplish with our characters. What kind of show is it? Exactly. So in this case, we're talking about it's like fake movies. Yes. What kind of movie is it? But yeah. anytime, anytime you, you're role-playing, yeah. what kind of movie is it? Yeah. What kind of TV show is it? Like the, the clone one, the sci-fi dystopian clone one that we right. did. I remember we all played that one more or less very deathly serious because it was the, the hard-edged, maybe late 90s, yeah. Sci-fi. I felt gun. like it was like Jean-Claude Van Damme in Time Cop. You know, yeah, that, Time that, Cop, that kind of... just not as flashy, like low-budget Time Cop. You know, right. this is. I, I don't know if you've seen Time Cop recently because no, <laughs> low-budget Time Cop. Well, is I mean, kind of close to Time Cop. I I just remember some some sets being very illuminated. You know, it's like a tunnel. They, yeah, you know, like if tunnel. you have that much budget for fluorescence, <laughs> like if I can see Jean-Claude Van Damme and his giant calcium bump on his forehead glistening in fluorescent light don't tell me you don't have a budget for me a budget is there are three colors on screen there's light gray dark gray and some shade of blue maybe green and it's shot in bulgaria <laughs> yeah okay. yeah it may have Jean-Claude Van Damme. Later Jean-Claude Van Damme or um Dolph Lundgren you're right it was like supposed to be like an 80s early yeah. 90s Gunplay movie. Like special ops. Yes. And I think we played that one very close to that kind of ideal. And it was nice to see everybody going, this is kind of offbeat for all of our actors. And I'm using air quotes here because I know it's an audio media and I'm using a visual joke. But everybody still had a great time. And that's the opportunity you have when you do one shots. Yes. That each one can be different and you're not locking yourself in. So, oh, I don't want to play that serious every time. Yeah. That one time? Hey, yeah. why not? So every time you play a scenario, you'll get extra star power points for your performance. Mm -hmm. And you can upgrade your actor with it. It's just like any normal RPG. Yeah. Talk a little bit about game mechanics. 
They were so confusing. Well, I mean, the one thing that's really confusing is, I mean, it's very simple. 2d6. Yeah. Roll under your skill or whatever yeah. it is. Or your combat value. Yeah. Boom. Done. That's pretty simple. And the more you miss your target by, let's say if you fail, yeah. the more you fail. Yeah. So the, the game master can really like do it like, okay. Yeah. You, it's a, it's a, a small yes, mistake. But, yes, you, and, yeah. no, but, no, and. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Or, and the reverse. If, if you do well by the bigger yeah. margin, yeah. then you do really well. What's odd, maybe, or what's hard, and they even admit it in the book, is that uh, a bonus mm-hmm. in the, the system is a minus. Yeah. And a penalty is a, is a plus sign. Which is there's a way to fix that when you when you yeah. speak, but I remember us struggling with it. I'm rolling against what? You're rolling against your body. Sure, cool, but am I trying to beat it? The plus minus signs in the system they're not intuitive. And not intuitive, exactly. Because if I look at my character, my dude has seven in body because he is absolutely swole and goes to the gym every day. So body seven. So if I'm trying to constantly roll under seven on two d six. Stat-wise, seven is the most common combination. Right. So if I under or equal, so yeah, equal or under, that means more or less I'm going to hit that target for any action for body. Now, if I try to do something that's say I don't know wrestling related, oh well, you get a plus three bonus. Okay. No, a minus three bonus. Yeah, but it's a bonus. It's a three bonus, but is it added or subtracted? Right. In this case, it would be subtracted. So let's say I roll a 7 minus 3. That's 4. That's way underneath my 7 score. Great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what? it's even confusing when we talk about it now. Where it right. Uh, is that how it works? Yeah. So this is uh, just a quirk of the system. Yeah. The uh, damage was basically your combat value usually. Whatever your combat value is, that was the damage. And, and to be fair, for, for those listening right now, we are in... Right, this is going to date the show. We're in 2022, folks. This came out in 2000. It is a 22-year-old system, yeah. and then some. That we played 10 years ago. We played 10 years ago. <laughs> it was already 10 years old. There there are some things like where the lead is actually yeah. more protected. There, there can be armor. Well, there's but plot armor. It's but... not, yeah, there's plot armor. So yeah. the lead is more protected than like the side characters. Right. And so it's possible to die. Yes. If you if you didn't get the lead role, it's easier to die. Yes. And maybe it's part of the plot. Yeah. And that's cool because you can essentially, quote unquote, die during the movie, but your actor's still fine. The only thing, it's not a regret, but the only thing that could have added to our experience is if we had had any vignettes between these movies where there is no role, but it's solely based upon our actor. Mm-hmm. Like, do we have an award ceremony that we need they to... They mention it in the book. Yeah. They do, like, there is a... Like, is there an award ceremony? Yeah. Is there, is we never there, got is, to do it. Right. Is there a Screen Actors Guild, uh, you know, union strike? You know, what happens then? Like, there's so much room in this concept of having your actor and your role for each movie, TV, whatever, which we could now expand to... Video games or, you know, there's because there's so much more media that is taking on from the acting world, like voice acting and all that. Think about it. We, yeah, we could have done cartoons. We could have done cartoons. We could have done like a video game. Pick Like there's a there's a new video game that came out recently, Sifu. I don't know if you've seen anything about it. You are essentially playing a revenge story of your master gets killed and then you go on revenge from like child to adult. And it's super interesting and it's all just kung fu. All the, the kind of stuff. Nice. Yeah. So you could imagine, you know, or like, uh, what was the, 
There's one with dogs in it, sleeping dogs. Or... Yeah, I have sleeping dogs. Yeah. That's, that's really good, sleeping too. Sleeping dogs I, I love. So, yeah, you could do a lot more with the actors' things. And yes. they do mention in the book, they do, like, the Golden Horse Awards. Yes, the And they Horse, do, yeah. they say, and we, I, I've done this. I've done this for Dream Park, where yep. we had awards. Because mm-hmm. there was, was another game where you played a player who was taking on roles. And in this case, because there were only six movies... It's fun to do like these solo yes. scenarios, but then we were thinking, uh, would it be great? Because I always start these things mm-hmm. with the solo scenarios because, oh, nobody's ready to commit. Yeah. And then you wind up around the table. It's like, well, everybody's coming every time. Yeah. So why aren't we doing a, a longer continuing story with these yeah. people? Why are we having to do these solos yeah. In case somebody doesn't show up. Yeah. And they were showing up. So we started working on those and then and then put left he moved, <laughs> or whatever. He moved to a different city yeah. and uh, like, well, that guess we're not doing that we're, We didn't do that. So it's like, yeah, I, I think that's that was the thing. To get back to the mechanics. Yes. Still quickly. I mean, if you want more grit, you can do like a punch hurts less than a kick and that, yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, stunts. Are you're you're really encouraged to do high octane stunts a la Jackie Chan? Yeah, because uh, that they offer star power. So the more dangerous something you do, yeah, the more star power you can win on the wing. So you can generate star power. Could you imagine, during the game? Could you imagine someone playing a Johnny Knoxville character? Just absolute star power. Here's your star power. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I mean the, the examples they give is like uh, you would get one star power, you know, one point of star power mm-hmm. if. You were sliding down a rail while firing the machine gun. Yeah. So that's like a basic stunt. Chow Yun Fat yeah. can do that. Yeah, has done it, and he's done far more stunts. But yeah, you know, but I mean, not that, to that's reduce like, Chow Yun Fat's no, contributions no. To, to action cinema. Not but. at all. But that's one point. But for four points, uh, the example they give, and you tell me if you recognize the movie. Oh boy. Running down the length of a skyscraper without a safety line. That's a Tom Cruise Mission Impossible. I know, shit. I know. He, I mean, he's got a lot of star power. But in this case, I was thinking. Who am I? Oh, yeah, who am I? Because he's running down. Yeah. And then he... They're went. sliding down this, this yeah. skyscraper. That's the one where at the very top, before he starts sliding down, there's a guy who does a full extension of his leg, puts his jacket on top of his foot, then looks at his watch and is like, are you going to come here and get your shit kicked in? I do not have all day. <laughs> and I was just so impressed. Like, dude has like the wingspan of an albatross between his feet and puts his coat up there. But then again, he just put his coat on the bottom of his shoe. He's going to get all dirty. I hope you get your ass kicked. That was a nice coat. And magic, uh, obviously, is for rolls only. Yeah. Works the same way. Instead of shticks, like you have the magic attribute, and then you can pick spells, basically, which do special effects. You might need to gesture or read a scroll, or you can put limitations in there to get more. And uh, the game does say the passage of time is fluid. I think this is really useful. Jump from scene to scene. Yeah. We don't need to see the shopping and like like we sometimes do in some games. Yeah. There's really very little downtown. Downtime. I mean, there might be a full downtown, depending on the movie. (laughs) Hong Kong, usually. And then there's a missing piece for me. You know, it's like, it's punch and kicks. There's no actual style. Like, your guy was a wrestler, yeah. but it's like, I attack. You can yeah. put wrestling into it, but it doesn't change anything. Yeah. Uh, and so the game doesn't have any martial arts. It yeah. doesn't. So I had... I'll put this link in the show notes. Okay. Like other links. But I did write some house rules at the time. And we you used did. them in you one did. of the games. Yeah. And it's... Uh, basically, I created these martial arts packages. Yeah. Right. Wing Chun, this is what abilities that gives you. I remember you did a breakdown of the, like the five deadly venoms. Right. So there was like centipede, there was toad, and you know, and I I always loved toad style because 
one, they sample that in so many Wu Tang clans of Toad style. Toad style. Recognize the shirt. Exactly. Wu Tang. Yeah, I prepared for this. I'm wearing my Wu Tang shirt and I shaved my balls. Great. Because <laughs> the Toad is like invulnerable. Yeah, invul- as you wrote, invulnerable to weapons. So you know, practices Qigong. So you know, the iron shirt. Right. And that's always the style you see on the news whenever the news cycle is like, hey, let's run that piece about, you know, iron shirt Shaolin monks getting kicked in the junk for days and not being phased at all. And then there's this one guy who has an iron cage with a person sitting on it and it's attached to his scrotum and he just starts swinging them left and front. <laughs> and everybody's like, wow. And I'm like, ow. Toad dude style. Is, toad style. Dude is 80 years old and has a person swinging on his balls and he's fine. I'm not sure we watch the same news, but. BBC. BBC. Okay. BBC is all about the. It's all about the balls, baby. <laughs> it's the balls, baby channel, BBC. But at the same time, in the movies, yeah. there's always like this weakness. There's always like an Achilles heel. Yes. So it's about finding the one place that actually hurts them. Yeah. Like under the yeah. under the armpits or something. Getting getting that one chakra point with the, right. the nerve strike. Right. So if you have that style, then I gave you like the styles that like powers that are in the books. Yeah. And then maybe I added a little color yeah. to it. And so you could give a character. That package. So, mm-hmm. oh, you're a mantis. You're a, what, you know, there are a lot of animal ones. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then we created one for professional wrestling. Yeah. Which is not on the article that I'm going to link you to, no. but I will include the picture of it nice. because we had a little cards. Yes, that, we did. So you'll see that there's like a little flavor in there about showboating and, yeah. uh, which works with the characters. I have yet to find a system I like that proposes martial arts in a way that is quick. Yeah. Fluid. Yeah. Strike, counter strike, like in the movies. It, it never feels like that. So. It's such a difficult thing. Because it's so, it's so slow if you go granular. Right? So how do you do it? And I've invented systems. I've never tested them. But I, you know, this is like a holy grail for me. It's, this is the curse of everyone who has really gotten into tabletop RPGs is you will theory craft until the cows come home. You will sit there and you will try and figure out, okay, what combo can I do to achieve this effect? What can I do for this? What can I do for that? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you start theory crafting all these little, basically these little toolkits that Mm. you have as a character that you built. As you say, with martial arts, it is so impossible to build something where it's going to feel fast. It's going to feel fluid, just like in the movies. So if you break down Dungeons and Dragons... Every round is six seconds. It's very short. If you, I ever, think GURPS is like one. Yeah. If you've ever second. played D&D, the longest thing ever is the combat sections. It's where the action grinds down to a halt. Yeah. And it's super tough to actually make it interesting. And, and sound the, like it is at the speed that it's sort of going yeah. in the story. So uh, I the one system I tried to invent okay. had cards... Like you were throwing cards around. Okay. Um, it may be that you were throwing cards at other people, so that you're like <laughs> hitting parts of the body or something. I'm not sure. Okay. But but that would be a mechanic. That sounds like, like a pickup fifty two situation. Yeah, yeah. But it, imagine if you were if you had like maybe a card system yeah. to go with the game because a lot of games these days have sort of this board game mechanic kind of stuff yeah. and have cards yeah. that you might play. Yeah. Um, so that they were introducing a lot of that to get the board the board game. People. Crowd, yeah, yeah. So if you had like combat, like everybody's got like a hand of moves, yeah, and then you're going slap, 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 
destroying the the other move or no, I don't have a move for this. And yeah. it's like, oh, this move is unbeatable. It's almost like a game of Uno. Right. You just go like bang, 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 like play war. Yeah. You know, like a higher card beats yeah. your card. or yeah. And then you, maybe the styles are represented by the colors or something. Yeah. So that might work. I mean, it's not... You're not rolling, no. But you're you're going head to head with mm-hmm. someone who has a hand of cards that are maybe based on their abilities or something. Yeah. Bam, 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 bam. That could be as quick. Um, this system did not have that. I, no. I it didn't even have, and and arguably, like I've played with GURPS, which has all the yeah. different martial arts, and you can sort of nitty gritty it. Yeah. It's no quicker because then you've got a sheet full of abilities. Yeah. And the players are like reading their abilities. Yeah. Oh, which one should I use? Which kick should I use? Is yeah. there enough of an advantage? Yeah. It's never quite. Yeah. And in this system, you basically boil it down to a generic hit. Which versus... you must describe. Yes. So that's where it becomes martial arts because you're describing. Right. As a martial art. Right. But there's no difference between, no. say, a full extension roundhouse kick versus a one-inch punch stat-wise. No, or you can go into... Even if you go into advanced, this one has a little plus four, this one has a... Or a minus, It, it is. There's I'm a, going to yeah. roll two dice, and at best, depending on the situation of which I've described my attack, and you as the DM go, this is the environment that you're in, I will give you either this bonus, a bonus of one or two, or disadvantage of one or two, etc. It is still fundamentally the exact same mechanic. Right. So it's more about describing your action, making it entertaining. Yes. So within the movie setting, yes, that you fits want perfect. to you want to perform. So the game is really about more about the descriptions and having fun with it yeah. than the, like it's emulating movies, but it's not emulating combat. Yeah. We could say that like that. And I mean, you you mentioned TV shows earlier. I just want to talk about like game setups. Mm-hmm. The game does tell you there's a difference between movies and TV shows. Yeah. So if you want to do like episodic, the same characters over yeah. and over, you can do that. They tell you a little bit about how to do that with the same yeah. role. Uh, there are variants like ruined ending. We lost the can. We got to reshoot it. And so you would replay the final reel. Wow, that's some Blade Runner shit where they got the actress who performed the dancing to redo her scenes, what, like 20, 30 years yeah, later? Yeah, with a scan thing. Or, or yeah. they put her face in. So she yeah. re-performed the she face. She redid the performance, you know, 30-plus yeah. years later and yeah. banged it out of the park. It's just weird. Lady's like 60 years old now. You can't have... Yeah, we're, we're going to have to digitally... Youngify yeah. you, lady. Sorry. Ravages I mean, originally she was like replaced by a stunt woman that didn't look like her in yeah. the least. So guerrilla filming, where you improvise the whole thing. No, I, I often felt that's what we were doing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I showed you like what about in the stuff that I sent you was the outline for Pucks of Fury. Yes. I wrote that what, the morning yeah. of. Yeah, I figured it was like, oh shit, I got, I, I have a session today. What am I going to do? <laughs> because I don't think we had it planned or something. And you look at it, it's like there's five scenes or five uh, acts yeah and they're 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 like maybe three lines each yeah and then there's there's a sheet with the evil hockey players yes on it and that's it and then it's like what's it gonna be well the players are gonna decide so it was kind of guerrilla filming on that one others i followed a script a bit more yeah so like the three adventures the first three adventures are actually in the book okay I changed the titles, I changed a few details, yeah, yeah. but they're in the book. And it's good. And when you've got like these little 
prefab adventures. Okay, you're learning the system. Okay, yeah. okay, this is how it works. And then, then there's a couple of others, like the Kumite one, and the uh, they're, they're from Mar- uh, Gerp's Martial Arts Adventures. Mm-hmm. A book has three adventures. I yeah. took two of them. The other one's like a samuraising. So it's, we weren't there yet. No, I wasn't going to do some Japanese. Although thing. technically, that would have been really weird to have a whole bunch of Chinese nationals yeah. doing a samurai movie. Could have been super interesting. Right. They, they, they travel season, there or season something. Two. Season two. Season two. You know, ten uh, years later, season two. <laughs> the studio is reborn. So so those ones were a little more complex, yeah. and I shrugged them down to their essentials, yeah. basically. But it's like every time I'm thinking, well, what would the movie actually be of this? Okay. So like Kumite, yeah. all the characters were actually like a well-known action star. Mm-hmm. Your character had a, like a little romance with... Uh, Gina Carano, Ooh. pre yeah yeah pre fall from grace. <laughs> but you know, shoot. But um, but that would have uh, been someone who would have been yeah. in movies like this. Crap, put at me the on time. blast, don't you? Why? Oh shit! All right. Well, she was playing a character, and also yeah, yeah. I was playing her, and she wasn't canceled. Okay. Accountability <laughs> points. <laughs> so stuff like that, or like uh, in the first one that you weren't there. It was Shaolin Temple. Yeah. The adventure said it like starred uh, Sante, who's the the monk from uh, Thirty Six Chamber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A historical figure. Yeah. And also Pai Mei, who's played by the same actor. So, I, well, yeah. In certain movies, yeah. Gordon Liu played both. So I had him in a dual role because okay. movies do that all the time, you yeah. know. So it was supposed to be like, okay, how do we get the movie vibe yeah. out of this? Uh, so that was basically my. You know, my attempt. And, and, and we never got to do those awards, but I would have loved to do that. Because in the book, yeah. what they say to do with the awards is that you can win, like, star power effects. Mm-hmm. Like, you won an award? Oh, you're going to change that script. You know, yeah. it's like you can do stuff or you win bonuses based on your awards. Look, buddy, I have a daytime Emmy. <laughs> okay? Yeah. I have a daytime Emmy. You are going to change my character he is not 70 years old, and he does not have erectile dysfunction. Okay? Do you hear me? Oh, you're, you're playing, you're The Rock. Or Vin Diesel. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, can't, yeah. they yeah. can't ever be humiliated on screen. Yeah. Those actors. So, yeah. Whereas a John Cena, please humiliate me. Yeah, that's his kink. Don't kink shame. I, I'm not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I, I, I enjoy his performances more because yeah. he allows himself yeah. to, to be in those situations, whereas... Some of his castmates on yeah. Fast and the Furious didn't. Yeah. Fast and the Furious would be great with this. Absolutely. You know, it's like just like more cars. But- Absolutely. If the system itself could be boiled down based off of one type of dice, one type of dice, that's great. There's still a lot of moving parts and a lot of things that kind of creep in here and there. There's a system, I believe it's called the Apocalypse System. One of the versions called Monster of the Week. It is all based off of one pair of dice and anything below a seven is a fail anything below a four is a major fail but that's where you get your xp so you level up by failing Mm. like if you like in life yeah like if you constantly blow over nine so a seven to nine is a success but so it's a yes but a 10 to a 12 is a yes and and like you can change the entire situation but you're not going to level up like it's too easy it's too easy yeah. yeah yeah like if you're just constantly rolling great you're never going to level up and because it's all based off of like i think it's like three much like mind body and soul it's like charisma wits and something else guts determination whatever and it never strays more than that every action that you're trying to do 
is based off of one of those three attributes. And if you're good so it's at very, it, very similar to this. Very similar, but all those other trappings, like of the actor of the role and all that, yeah. it's all gone. There's like you have hit points and that's it. And it's super interesting because it allows so much role playing. It allows so much fluidity around the table. What we did, I don't think we went into the Okay, uh, nitty gritty. No, let's no, no, let's no, make no. different no. punches, va- it, different it, values. It also helped that we were all improvisers around the table. Yeah, well, that's always been my yeah. success story. But but yeah, it's like the simpler you make it. Yes, there's a lot of those advanced rules. It's yeah. like, well, do we really need that? Yeah. The vaguer the rules, yes, the more the players can fill it in mm-hmm. with actual entertainment. Yes. So is that your lesson? That you, you take away from this? Like you mentioned a, less, a lesson you learned earlier. Yes. For me, personally, it's another form of improvisation. So the type of improvisation we do, there are conditions. There are things we need to achieve during the improvisation session, according to the referee and the card that he has. Singing or rhyming or whatever, there's a time frame. There's a delimitation. There are constraints that need to be met. And much like a Twitter character count, it forces... Hey, you, do you remember 140 characters? I sure do. Oh, yeah. That was the essence of comedy's brevity, and 140 characters is fucking brief as shit. You needed to be funny and then some. There's a box, and it's finding that in this box, you can either look at it as absolute constraints, and I'm going to Houdini out of this shit, or it's a box filled with tools and I have all these tools at my disposal. Yeah. This is something I agree with in improv. Yes. So it's true in here too. Yes. Where what we said are the limitations yes. are actually what should be inspiring you. Yes. That limitation is actually yeah. an opportunity. Yes. So if I'm playing a character, like if I take Louis on, he has mind five. He's not the brightest bulb in the bunch. Well, if four is supposed to be the average, he's pretty good. Yeah, you, you, I think yeah. he was a better actor than a wrestler. Than Bolo Young. <laughs> I think the way that we, you made it, I think he was a little bit better actor. More range because he was probably in an industry that valued him more as an actor and a star than, unfortunately, Bolo Young in Hollywood. Yeah. So then again, I haven't seen his full catalog. There's probably movies that he's been in that have been overseas that dude might be like the next, you know, Hamlet. I don't know. I don't know. I don't knock on wood. I'm not going to say it, but. Bolo Young's Hamlet. That would be amazing. <laughs> Think about it. It just, would be. Let, let that fester in your mind palace for a bit. Simmer. Get the juices in. Yeah. Bolo Young's Bolo Hamlet. Bolo Young hasn't yet given his Hamlet. Alas, poor Yorick. And he just piles, drive him right through the floor. Yeah. Like his, not dump stat, but his lower stat was mind. Because I wanted to portray him a bit more of the, not necessarily meathead, because his soul was six. So his best stat was body, because he was a powerhouse wrestler. Right. So maybe not as smart as the other characters, but soul. So, like in D&D, intelligence and wisdom. One, you're smart, book smart, and the other one is you're street smart. So I kind of wanted to play on that with him. And I think I did an okay job in that regard. I think it was a very entertaining character. Yeah. And useful. You know, yeah. that's what you want. You you want to be useful. Yes. Because the adventure has these, yeah. these goals that, that are set that you need to achieve. Yeah. And it's a movie. It has to progress. It has to be. Yeah. It has to advance somewhere. But also you want it to be entertaining. And you yeah. want to entertain yourself because yes. you're playing this part. Right? And I would sometimes look at the parts that were offered and go, which one is a good fit? For my character, but also which one would be entertaining to see him play? Yeah, that's an interesting 
thought to have when yeah. you because of the role thing. Yeah. That you have to also think, okay, not only am I running a character, but I'm running his career. Yeah. And what would he pick? And yeah. also, what would you what would you fight for? Right. And is he at a cross? If you play enough, you're thinking, oh, my character's at a crossroads. My actor yeah. wants to do something yeah. more. He wants my, a, my a bigger agent, part. Now. My agent has been giving me shit roles recently. Right. <laughs> you know, the ex-wife is just yelling at me for alimony. What do I do? You know what? This next session, our great friend at the table, Greg, we're going to call him Greg. Greg absolutely keeps playing the Mr. I'm going to get all the star roles. Well, you know what? I've been sitting on my star points and I know I have more than him. If I have to outbid him by one just to get the star role, today is my time to shine. And then you'd get like a character who's not typically like the romantic lead. Yeah. And then, you know, it's Bolo Young, but he's the romantic lead. Right. There's, there's a disconnect here, but you know what? We're going to go with it. We're yeah. going to see what is this person capable of. So that's why you want to sometimes play with those, those things. Just like I, with the, the Mind 5, sometimes I like to fail with dignity. You know, oh, uh, D&D, roll an insight check. No, I'm going to fail with dignity. Why? My character, My character is, yeah. is, is currently not paying attention. He's... Absolutely 100% focused on this. So a giant could walk by and he would feel the tremors and go, mm, And you can forgo your, your role. A DM might ask me to roll in anyways, but I would go, nah, I'm going to fail with dignity. Yeah, and I would allow it. Right. Because it creates interesting situations. Yeah. So for me, I'm always interested in genre emulation. Mm-hmm. So this game had a lot of tools that I might want to use in other things. Yes. Because it's trying to emulate a film. It's trying to emulate action. Yes. How does that work? How do we, you know, how can I port that to other games? So that's, uh, my lesson is there, I guess. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise I was using many of the same tricks I usually do, like the soundtracks. Yeah. And, uh, and the website that is adapted to the, because if there is a, um, an exterior life uh, in between the movies, it was mm-hmm. kind of the website, you know, like yeah. reviews and, and players could contribute things and, uh, maybe rarely did, but they could have you yeah. know, done more. Uh, so I like all of that, that kind of fussy stuff. Yeah. And um, and so, like, this is a game that has, yes, had me chasing the dragon. That <laughs> is to say, what the our martial arts system that works. Okay, good. I, I, I thought you were going to say opium. Opium, uh, you know. Uh, mm. So I wrote all my adventures from an opium den. <laughs> That's why they got really weird at the end. <laughs> Did, didn't smoke opium, just sat oh, there. Just sat there. You know, it's like a Starbucks, Atmosphere. but everybody is super chill all the time. <laughs> In Victorian London. All right, Sherlock. Well, I have a time machine. I might as well use it. But it's all the... You have a time machine, and you choose to go back to Victorian London in an opium den to write your kung fu stories? (laughs) Yeah, now that you say it. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds sounds like I'm wasting it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to go do criminal crime back in, like... Let's go deface the Magna Carta when it's still fresh. Well, I don't want to change too much. Let's go draw dicks on it. Here be dragons. So before we end, uh, let's talk about a little like the supplements if uh, people are okay. looking for those. One of the things we haven't mentioned is that in the books, yeah. it's not just the role-playing game. It's full of information on Hong Kong yes. as a setting. It's yeah. got uh, the history of film yeah. in Hong Kong. There's a lot of uh, character, actor portrayals. Like uh, there's La Carlong. Uh, yeah, there's direct- like uh, director bios, yeah. actor bios. Uh, and- Sammo Hung is in there, although his picture doesn't look like Sammo uh, Hung. I don't think it's a... Uh, yeah, it's a drawing, but... It, it doesn't it, look... It, yeah. It does, yeah, everybody else? Okay, yeah, yeah. I can see it. Sammo Hung? Mm, 
So, but at recommendations for movies, yes, pretty long synopses of movies as well. So if you yeah. want to, maybe you haven't seen Five Deadly Venoms, but yeah. there's like you'll have enough of a synopsis that you can say, well, I'll base a movie on this. Yeah, and our version of Five Venoms, which I haven't seen, well, I've seen, but I use a synopsis as a right. breakdown. So there are a lot of that actually, and mm-hmm. both the original book and the Blue Dragon White Tiger book, yeah. which just continues the trend. It even has almost more information like that than there is game information. Well, it's it's a huge breakdown of like Chinese lore, Chinese lore, yeah, fantasy stuff, astrology, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, how yeah. all how you might adapt different magic systems yeah. based on whatever movie. So this can be a book that you just read for fun mm-hmm. uh, to get information on yeah. Hong Kong cinema yeah. in general, almost a guide like. What movie should I watch? And I haven't seen all of those movies. You know, they're not. We've seen a lot. A lot, yes, but not all. Not so all. it's like, okay, you think this Shaw Brothers is important, interesting? Okay, okay. I haven't seen it because there's like billions of them. Well, yeah, it's about. I mean, technically, know. three of them are all the same movie, but it's a different camera each. <laughs> the second book does feature more gun foo, sword foo, wire foo tricks. Yeah. So, you know, it's useful in that if you're a completist, anyway, it's certainly worthwhile. Yeah. But I don't think it's. I don't think you need it to... Like, you can invent the magic pretty oh, easily. Absolutely. I don't think you need the second absolutely. book. Absolutely. There, there's systems out there today that basically, if you look at it at a gameplay mechanic level, there is no difference between a physical action versus a magical action. It's always in the effect. Yeah. And and you can invent that. You exactly. can improvise that. Because the, the Pucks of Fury... Oh, we Everybody improvised. Had, yeah, you had like magic whole, power. Yeah, yeah, like chi was just like a force that you could use. Yeah, like no one could use it for like the first half of the movie, and then one <laughs> bad guy used it, and they were like, "Oh shit!" The helmets and the gloves were dropped, and then the key magic started flying. Not that the goaler needed a helmet because he had like an iron head. Yeah. So we did an iron fist kind of. Yeah. Iron palm. Yeah. But with the head. Yeah, he was toad style indeed. Yeah, yeah. Whatever game you're playing. Yeah. Whether it's Hong Kong action theater, like there's a lot of value in just being very loose yes. with the rules or with the effects that you can create yeah. if you want to do something really yes. entertaining. Something that I've been having used at my tables recently is the rule of cool. If it's cool, if it sounds cool and it provides something that the player is really interested in, an effect or, you know, just as a DM, you go, is this going to make my player happy? Yes. All right. It's not completely off the table because it's not unless it's like the player going, yeah, I want to pilot the TARDIS into the sun. That's a throwback to space self. Space self. self. If it's not that, then you know what? You lose nothing to just yes hand. Sure. Try it. Let's do it. And even make it happen. Like make it easier than it would normally be with the rule set because the rule set is not going to cooperate with the cool necessarily. But you might. You might just say, sure. Try it. You, You absolutely do it. Awesome. And that's going to create a great bond between you and your player and the player between the other players. It's going to encourage everyone to be as entertaining as that. Yes. And as long as it doesn't break yeah. the plot yeah. to, to a point, you know, you, you can't kill the villain in the first reel. It's all jazz, baby. It's, it's all, all about the dice you don't roll. <laughs> so that is Hong Kong Action Theater. Yeah. I want to thank my guest. And Louis Zhuang. Okay. Mostly. I will shake his hand. And Fern. You want to tell people about uh, any of these streaming business that uh, they might want to check out? I I am streaming on Twitch, on twitch.tv forward slash idiot brigade. 
I'm going to be streaming actually later today, but this is going to be published in what three, four, five, six months. I don't know. So maybe I'll still be <laughs> two streaming. weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Shit. I I don't know. Maybe I'll be dead in two weeks. Who knows? That's one very bleak. I almost slipped into one of my D and D character voices. Oh my god. Okay. No, the spirit is moving me. But yes, I'm on Twitch. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at Idiot Brigadier D I E R because Idiot Brigadier was already taken. Those assholes. I'm also on Instagram, uh, where I just post my schedule for streaming and screenshots when I remember to take them and upload. And you stream? Well, tonight I'm going to be streaming Borderlands 3, so I stream a lot of big narrative single-player games. I do sometimes co-op games with uh, other streamers. Uh, a lot of them are improvisers from our group. You, you've given in, enough information that people can find you whatever the I schedule so. is. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you go. I'll be okay. back after the break with okay. Game Master Advice uh, and your feedback on our previous episode. Thanks again. No problem. Thank you. Who's editing? A thought experiment in which Siskoid and his guest appoint themselves editors of a comic book line at DC Comics. But the joke's on them, because they can only use the characters of a specific issue of Who's Who, and in fact must use them. Great ideas? Yes, we think so. Cool reinventions? Of course. Crisis fatigue? We guarantee it. Who's editing? Now on its own feed, only at the Fire & Water Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If I were Dungeon Master, I'd have it made. What an interesting proposition. Very well, I shall give you all my power to use as you will. If you're a movie buff like I am, you're going to want to make your role-playing sessions feel like movies or TV shows. It's just wired in. And especially when it is emulating a particular genre. So that's what we talked about today. And with Star Power, you saw how players could actually rewrite the script. So they could have some sort of cinematic effect on the game. And that's what I want to talk about today. Cinematic points as a sort of mechanic that you can integrate into various games. Some games come with it, but I've added it to games that don't have it such as GURPS. We did it with GURPS Black Ops, which we talked about before on the show. I'm doing it right now in a GURPS space uh, environment because I want it to feel more like Star Wars, which is very cinematic. So in short, I am recommending a sort of house rule because games are limited by their focus, by their rules. Sometimes the, the rules can be very constraining. You could do something really cool and memorable, but you can't because the rules won't let you. Because if you do roll, you know, if you're, re if you're really simulating reality rather than a sort of epic movie version of the story, then you're just going to fail at those rolls. But say you want to heighten that reality. It's very simple. Cinematic points consist of points you give players, which they use to create cinematic effects. Anything from simply boosting your perception role to changing a set, generating a prop or an extra, creating a flashback in which your character learns a valuable skill and then you immediately uses it. Characters score these points when they do something fun or interesting or seriously badass during play. So usually, spending points 
will earn you points. And so it keeps the momentum going. Granted, this idea isn't exactly new. You know, like I said, many games have hero points, you know, to spend to modify roles. And something like Torg even has a drama deck with particular enhancements on its varied cards. You also find this in uh, Savage Worlds, which has an adventure deck that is optional that also kind of gives people these, these sort of random bonuses that they can drop on the table, which can modify the world, the game. But what the best games do is have their own flavor. So cinematic points aren't just the same from game to game. They have a little something that speaks to the exact genre that you're emulating. Each enhancement is linked to, let's say, a cinematic line that the character might say to justify their boost. So you're adding charisma by turning up the charm, for example. Or, uh, it's only a flesh wound is a phrase that would cure damage. Now, when I first integrated this kind of thing into uh, games that didn't have them, it started me thinking that I should use such a thing on every game I run. Uh, I don't, but I almost do. So there's what we're calling high-action cinematic gaming, but the cliches of any particular genre can be adapted to cinematic hero drama points, story points, whatever you want to call them. So if you're running a Star Trek game, you got to have a red shirt. Make an extra, take the hit for your character might be the effect. Or convenient hobby. It just so happens I'm an expert on the same medieval strategies Charlemagne in space is using. Kind of the how the Sulu player <laughs> was using cinematic points on the, on the show, if the show were a game. In a horror game, it might be fun to leave the starlet alone. The same as the red shirt, really. Or if you're the monster, last scare. So last chance attack that ignores all the damage, even if the character is dead, basically. So for the basic stuff that would work in any game, you simply fiddle with the cinematic line. Maybe it's a different phrasing. Adding damage to your attack, for example, could be set phasers to kill or uh, giving in to the darkness, if I use my science fiction or my Star Trek and my horror uh, examples. So I know I did this for the my Bard-centric D&D game. So in that case, it was all like names of songs or rocking out or uh, crowd surfing, which would have been an effect like uh, you can actually walk on snow like Legolas or something and just make yourself lighter. Because even in a good old-fashioned game of D&D could use this kind of mechanic. That spell told me to study it. So that, that you could change the learn spell to the one you really need. This realm owes me, which gets you positive character interaction with an authority figure. Uh, and of course, there's, I like the previous edition better. So you could use a rule, spend a point, use a rule from a previous incarnation of D&D or AD&D that you really liked. As an added touch, though the points are probably just marked on your character sheet at the end of the night, during play, you could represent them by ordinary playing cards or poker chips. Any kind of token, this creates a like a visual aid that reminds players to use their points. And they feel it when you immediately reward them when they do something cool to earn one because you're throwing these tokens around. Obviously, that works best in person. And I know a lot of people now are playing online just because... But it still works, and it's it's always fun if you can make that token something that relates to the campaign. So maybe it's like little gold coins or something, or whatever the world you're in would suggest. And now I just want to read a couple of comments that we got on our last episode. That episode was all about GURPS Mars and GURPS Ice Age, essentially survivalist fiction in role-playing games. 
Mike Dinas said, super fun as always. Uh, I'm really loving to hear how much character building you guys are doing in these GURPS games. Your characters and their personalities were so strong, it's almost more fun to see how they respond to all these different settings rather than stay in a some sort of generic fantasy. Siskoid, I can't express how much I'm enjoying your Game Master's tips. These tips are fantastic, though I mostly play with my kids, so they don't mind or even know of the tropes. I'm really trying to implement some of your tips, and I think my kids are reaping the benefits. The tips that time were about uh, throwing curveballs, surprising the players. To answer your comment, Mike, th these characters are still being built, they're still evolving because we've, we've taken up the game again. What's interesting to me is seeing how the players sometimes struggle trying to get the character back when they themselves have had over 15 years of evolution, while their characters are supposed to be, you know, a few months later or something, or not. Uh, in Beb's case, I don't think he's changed at all, despite producing a family, etc. So, uh, so that shows his character, but still his character is evolving just because we've lost a couple players in the transition and now they have to take on different roles and that changes them. We'll get to talk about that eventually. In fact, Mike also asks, what it, what's it like trying to GM a game after more than 15 years? Uh, has your gaming style changed over the years as well? And that's a fair question, but I don't think it's, it's changed that much. I think the biggest adaptation that I've had to make is playing online. And a lot of my tricks, of, you know, a lot of my toolbox works on the table, works in front of people. So... I've had to make some adjustments and try things, but I, I just don't want to abandon my entire toolbox. So yes, my, my style has been cramped because there's a number of key elements that are part of it. But I, I think we're doing well with, with what we have and we realize what the... And online also gives you a new toolbox that I have to learn how to use. Next up is Brian Linton. He says, I really like the sound of these two source books and how they provide mechanics that let you play across different genres. That sounds like it would increase their replayability, uh, which is a nice feature. Similar to Mike, I only GM for my wife and daughter who are both new to role-playing and don't know the tropes. I will keep your tips in mind for future reference. They'll eventually figure you out, Brian. Especially if they're your family. They're watching the same things you're watching. They're being inspired by the same things you're being inspired by. So uh, eventually you'll have to you'll have to curveball them a little bit. And now I remind you that the Fire and Water Podcast Network has a Patreon page at patreon.com slash fwpodcast. If you like this content, want more like it, think about leaving a one-time or monthly donation. Let me also remind you that uh, you too can leave comments at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Check out the Fire and Water Facebook page, the Twitter. We are FW Podcasts. Our next episode should be about the Spelljammer setting for Dungeons & Dragons. So, until then, let's roll. Let's <laughs> roll.